Good morning, church. It's um, it's kind of like so nerve-wracking to preach again in real life. So if I like just um lock my eyes onto one person, it's because I think you're the camera and that's what I'm used to. But it's um, love this lounge music, Deej. I could preach to that. Um, but it's a joy to be back in church. And like I said, if you weren't here last week, these like um services where there's like. Um, less people here. It kind of has like more of an intimate feel. And I just like could not sing um, enough praises last week about how good the church service was. And same thing happened um, this week, even just like through worship. I'm like, I feel self-conscious because I was crying pretty much like the whole time through prayer and stuff. And then I had to take like my mask off. And anyway, so who knows what's happening up here. But um, it is crazy to think that we're back in church. It's crazy to think that it's 2022. And um, I can't even believe that it's kind of like the end of January now. I feel like um, always January goes fast, but this year especially, we've kind of, um, like, I've heard a few people say this week that this January has real, like, November energy, you know? Like, it's like, no one's, like, coming back into this year being like, I'm ready, it's a great time. And I know that pandemics don't understand what a new year, new me is kind of thing, but I feel like we're all carrying the energy of, like, some serious November baggage this year. It feels like we're already kind of like, oh my gosh, to everything. We all have reduced capacity, we're all struggling a little bit, and going back to work can feel like a bit of a slog instead of, like, feeling super refreshed and motivated and ready. Um, we've been back for, I think we just finished our second week and um, on the day before we went back to work, we kind of had like um, maybe two weeks off and the day before we went back to work, Jack said to me, just like to check in how I'm feeling about having to set a a 5am alarm again and the only way I could really explain it was this really like kind of obscure analogy about, I said to him, I said, I feel like I've just picked, like put down this backpack of like baggage at the end of last year and instead of like you know coming back into the new year feeling refreshed and ready and motivated and inspired I feel like I've just picked up that same bag put it back on my back on my back and just like ready to like get through the year and I feel like that looked like having reduced capacity for um, other areas of my life it felt like having like the same frustrations about trying to run a business with new restrictions every day and things like that and being like accountable to my staff and trying to lead people and trying to be accountable to people and all these things I just felt like I was like all right let's get into this year and like every time my message my like phone would ring with one of our staff I'd be like hello like and I was like that's not the disposition I wanted to carry into January but that was the best way I could describe it to Jack and I feel like um it I can't help but say that out loud and just think of like every like end of term when I was still at school, my mum would always say to me, like, make sure you empty out your bag or you'll regret it before you go back to school. And like, I'd be like, no, mum, I'm on holidays now. I'm not doing that. And so I put my bag away and like, sure enough, every single term, especially over Christmas holidays, like two days before I'd go back to school, I'd pick up my bag and it would have like a rotten apple in it or like an old sandwich and it would like seep into like old books and stuff like that. And like, of course, regrets because then you're starting the new term without like your new like wild surf co bag, but instead you've got like the old rotten apple smell that just doesn't come out no matter what. And so I feel like I was like, I'm the adult version of that this year. That's what I'm carrying into 2022. And so Jack was like, all right, we're going to start this year well. We'll reset it. Don't worry about the first like week or so that's passed. 
we'll start together and we'll do a Bible plan together. And so that night, probably like, what, 20 minutes after I had just like given that explanation, we started a Bible plan together that was just like a um, New Year plan kind of thing. And no joke, it was just one of those times where you like such a God thing can, can be explained in no other way because the first devotion of the Bible plan opened up with this equally as obscure analogy about what you're carrying in your like suitcase into the new year and how it says it was like just absurd. And so this is like a quote of it because I just looked at Jack every sentence I read and I was like, how is this possibly saying what I had just said in the next room? And it says, there are so many things for us to fit in our suitcases that we end up not having much space for the things we really need. The same happens with the suitcase of our life. We're dragging around baggage filled with things from previous experiences. We carry many objects that make the suitcase heavy and even worse, they take away space for what we really need to carry. What should we remove to make room? We need to make room for all of the good that God wants to give us this year. And I actually believe that. Like, I believed that and received it so practically for me. It was like an instant shift in the way I was carrying my attitude. And I believe that for us this morning and into this new year, that as a church and as individuals, if we want God to move in our life this year and to get rid of the slump that's like that November energy and to, you know, put on a disposition that carries hope with us and joy and expectancy then we need to actually make room for him in our life to move. And it's just like um, clearing out your bag at the end of the year. Maybe we wish we already did it in December, but that's okay because it's, there's still time and that's the grace of God to be able to take like those rotten attitudes and those like, old things from the past, even if the past means one week ago, taking out those old things and um, going into this year with hope and and expectancy that we can like release those old things and walk firmly into the future. And honestly, for me, this was such a timely message. And um, I I feel like I actually like started to write this message um, just... Uh, before, anyway, I've had this great revelation and you could just see the cynicism in anything I was trying to write and I was like, this is not it. This is not a hope-filled message for the new year but I just couldn't even will myself to write anything or come up with anything that had um, the air of positivity that I knew that God was calling me to not only preach and share with you guys but to carry into our team at work and our community through the cafe and into our church and things like that and so I um, have been praying and I really believe that this will be a timely message for everyone here as we contemplate and get ready for the year ahead. I feel like, don't worry, January's a write-off anyway, so the year is still ahead. But we might notice what dispositions that we've picked up over the last couple of years of walking through a pandemic. We might consider what it actually means to be light bearers and hope bringers in a world that, like Pam said, it's noisy and it feels dark and it can feel overwhelming, but that is um, the power that is in um, the hope and the light of Jesus and the fact that we are the carriers of the Holy Spirit. Um, So the scripture I want to read from is... Philippians 3, verse 10 to 14, and it says this. It says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take, take of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. 
Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And the um, Passion Translation says, at that last little line that says, call me heavenward in Christ Jesus, it says, my heart is fastened to the future. And I love that. And I have just had the joy of being able to carry that throughout my week this week. When anything happens, I just think my heart is fastened to the future. And this is even more confirmed in Graham's message last week, which if you haven't listened to or you won't hear, you should definitely go back and, and re-listen because it was like a transformative joy. And he even said this um, line, Graham's not here, so he won't know if I butchered it, but it, he said that ingratitude like a la- or a lack of gratitude assumes that we have the right to justice that we don't have a right to. And I just thought that is so true. When you feel like, I'm not thankful for that. That's assuming that you have the right to a certain level of justice. And and that is the instant medicine for feeling sorry for yourself about everything. Every time you feel sorry for yourself, you're assuming that you are actually entitled to something that maybe you're not. And so anyway, this um, verse in Philippians 3, it does have like a lot of... Um, a lot of sentences and the sentence structure is quite unusual to what like we would be used to reading now. And so it's easy just to like scan over this and be like, I get the general gist of what you're saying. But what he's talking about here is he's talking about what um, living a life worthy of the gospel actually looks like and what the fullness of a relationship with Jesus should look like. And he even says in the, in the Passion Translation, it says, Uh, that it should be, so a full relationship with Jesus, should be an experience of complete oneness with him in the resurrection from the realm of death. And I just feel like he's painting this very um, unobtainable goal of what our life as Christians should look like, um, walking with Jesus. But I find it so reassuring to continue reading in that verse that I read. And he says, Not that I've already obtained this or I've already arrived at my goal. And in the Passion Translation, I know I keep going between, but it says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. And that is so nice to hear that there's authenticity in this in the Bible and there's authenticity in this realm at church because we're not people who are like, you know, this is what a perfect relationship looks like with Jesus. And if you're not there, you're not there. Like, you can't do it kind of thing. But we're all here admitting that we know what the fullness of Jesus looks like and we know what the call to um, live a life of perfection looks like. And it's something that we have not attained yet and we will not obtain in this life. And that is why we are so dependent and reliant on, um, on the gospel and on what Jesus did. But he says... I admit I haven't yet acquired it, and I find it um, I find that so re- refreshing as I contemplated at the start of the year. And maybe this is um, a thought that you're carrying as well. That it's like I'm not where I wanted to be in my relationship with Jesus right now. As I'm coming into this new year, I'm not where I thought I would be. I thought I would be more hope filled. I thought I would feel more able, more dependent, more motivated, more inspired by the scriptures, or Maybe you're looking at the stage of life that you're entering and thinking, I just thought when I got here, I would feel a bit different and I just would feel a bit closer to God or whether you're facing a trial and just thinking, when am I going to face something and not doubt everything that I believe? Or when am I going to go through something like a relationship breakdown and not feel like my faith is crumbling? My relationship with Jesus is not where 
I thought it would be and is not what I had once hoped for myself. But I feel like that is the grace of God that it instantly gets us back on track. And I feel like there are just two little um, points that I want to pull from this scripture. And I know that it, like some, usually it's like three points to take into your week, but like it's the new year, guys. Two points is fine. Two points is fine. <laughs> but hopefully these are just like two easy to digest, easy to remember, front of your mind in every part of your life kind of points that encourage you to go forward. And so the scriptures keep saying, as Paul said, he says, not that I've already obtained this or already have arrived at my goal, but I press on. And that phrase press on, it's not just a verb. So it's not just like, you know, a doing word, but it's, it's um, referred to as a prolonged verb. And the definition of it is to continue moving forward in a forceful or steady way. And I just felt so much like that is where the foundation of our relationship with God needs to lay. Sometimes it feels forceful. It really does because we live in a world that's noisy and distracting and busy and to try and live this life of unforced rhythms of grace and in a life of peace-filled Jesus, those two things will, will um, be abrasive to each other sometimes and sometimes it will feel like a slog to get back into that secret, private, intimate place with God and live a life that is putting Him at the centre. But Um, pressing on in a prolonged way, doing those day-to-day things in a steady way, in a forceful way, in a persevering way is um, is where the fruit of our relationship with Jesus comes from. And what that looks like in a practical way is reading your Bible, open the app, open the book, read a little bit a day, journal, whatever it looks like, whether it feels like it doesn't fit in your schedule or not, force it in there because the Word of God is alive and active and it has life-changing power. No matter what disposition you enter that moment, God has the power to change. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will work through any scripture that is read, spoken out, heard, anything like that. And it is just the relentless perseverance to read the Bible, the relentless perseverance to pray in petition and thanksgiving to those for those around you, for people in your community, for the day that lies ahead of you, relentless prayer, meditation on the scripture. When you're in a habit of reading it, meditate on it, receive it, let it actually change your life. Sharing testimonies with other believers and living in community with other Christians is, um, I mean, it's obviously something that we would have noticed in the past year or so is that when you get back in community with other believers and they're just like so quick to share what God's doing in their life or the amazing thing they notice or what they're struggling with when they're vulnerable with you, that is the fastest way to encourage your own faith. And I feel like I always leave conversations like that being so inspired and so motivated to be like, yeah, like um, Prudence shared with me that she's reading a proverb a day this month. And as soon as she said it to me, I was like, I love that. I'm going to do that. And so I've gone home and I've read a proverb a day and it has just been a joy. And so that is just something that came up in conversation that um, encouraged my faith so much. And that is the beauty of community um, in Christ. And so if you feel like your your life rhythm is a bit sluggish, it's not life-giving, it is more noisy and busy than it is joy-filled and peace-filled, then maybe that's your time to 
press on in those daily habits of um, living a life with God. And then the second, the second little point to take is in verse 13 when Paul says, and one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is, what is ahead. And that's that part that says that you have a heart fastened to the future. And I feel like I don't want to be misunderstood in this part to be speaking about things that are in our past um, that can be quite devastating, like childhood trauma, trauma and experience and things like that, because I feel like there is absolutely um, incredible healthcare system in Australia and um, getting like professional support for things like that is the perfect complementary um, service for prayer and petition and community in Christ. So don't think that I'm discounting that for a second. But what we're talking about here is where we actually lay our focus. And for Paul, um, some some of us might know that he has a um, scattered background where he was persecuting Christians. He was living a life that no one would look at and be like, you are just like a mighty man of God. And all of us carry things in our past that the, a life with Jesus offers us a redemption from. And that is not who we are anymore. Those things don't shape our identity anymore. The God who is calling us forward and the name under which we worship and the name under which we meet and the name under which we're constantly renewed and transformed, um, should he should be our identity and he should be what we're centred on. And so where we lay our focus, it's like we have to clear out all of those nasty things that we're actually carrying into this new year and into your new season of life and into your relationship and into your conversations and um, things that we've been accruing might just look like bitterness, they might look like anxiety, they might look like cynicism and I know that those things are true for me because I feel like I couldn't open the news without being like, oh great, this, that's, oh that's great and just like that was so fast to be my first reaction to so many things and that always permeated in ways that looked like doubt and worry and fear and panic. And, and those aren't the things that are built from the fruit of God's Holy Spirit. And I just feel like when we fill our own life and when we fill our, fill our own like, um, you know, baggage or even just the fact that the Holy Spirit says that or that, that the Word says that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so when we fill our life and when we fill our temple with, with more things of God and more things that produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, what do you think that we can actually like outpour onto those that we come in contact with? When we are full of hope and love and joy, that is what we outpour onto others. And when somebody asks something of us, our first reaction isn't to be burdened by them or to want to ignore them or want to avoid people or things like that. Our hope is to be generous as the same God who is generous with us is each and every day. And so I just feel like as Christians and as people who are pressing on, in our relationship with Jesus, we have an opportunity to bring such world-changing hope into the community in which we exist. And for, um, you know, whatever commentary looks like at the start of this year about what our economy might look like, what the workforce might look like, all of these different things, it's so easy to just be like, oh yeah, we're doomed in that, we're doomed in this and whatever. But when we have our heart fastened to the futures, imagine the difference that we could make if we are bringers of hope and trust and expectancy and people who believe the best for our future. And we stay focused on the future for of our past, God says, I will forgive your wickedness and I will remember your sins no more. 
and of our future, he says that he has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. He has a plan to give you a hope and a future. And um, I feel like this is the perfect thing to remember coming into a new year. That goodness lies ahead, despite the circumstances that you're facing, despite the forecast that's ahead of us, despite the economy in which we live. There is hope and there is goodness ahead because of the name under which we meet. And that is the saving name of Jesus who went before us and lived that um, fullness in his relationship with God and redeemed us so we could be... Um, living in the same promises as sons and daughters of God. And so this is um, what I have been praying for. And this is what I want to speak prophetically over you as you enter your new year. And whether that's you're starting work or that's you're starting to meet with friends again or you're starting to get back into the rhythm of like real life. It says, God didn't bring you into this world to live without meaning. There are great promises awaiting for you this year. And I want each of you to receive that there's promises for growth, for improvement, for recovery, for dependency on, on him that allows for supernatural strength. There is a year full of blessings and experiences that await us. And even as a personal testimony, in a year that I started full of worry and doubt, I am now walking in confidence and hope and peace and motivation and the instant fruit that that brings in the community in which I speak to, which... For those who don't know, I work in a cafe, so I get to talk to people of all walks of life and healthcare workers who are just feeling um, exhausted. And to be able to have enough hope in my own life that I can instill hope into them is a gift from God and one that I feel so much honour and privilege to be able to do and be positioned there. But there will be challenges and not everything will be rosy and we will... Um, face obstacles and things like that. But as we press on, I believe that God will show up with power and care as we look forward and not back. And so um, if the worship team would like to come out, I feel like there's a, um, a, chance, a little space for another little song. But um, let me just bless you as you go into your week and into the new year that we would indeed be light bearers in a world that seems um, increasingly dark. So church, whether you're here in person or whether you're listening to the podcast, I bless you in the name of Jesus, that um, anxiety and doubt and dispositions from the past that have been holding you back, that broken relationships that have fractured your hope for the future, I pray that they would stop holding authority over your life, over your attitudes, over your perspective, and instead you would be able to read the Word this week and this year, and it would come alive, and you would just be, you would just be a light bearer like a beacon, like a lamp on a hill and no one, no circumstance, no person, no evil word would be able to um, diminish that, to um, dim that. But instead you would just be, um, you would just be like living hope like Jesus in, is in all of us. And the temple of which that houses the Holy Spirit would be alive, active and transformative for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen.